All right, what's up, guys? How are you guys? I'm sick, bro. So I'm going to preach and fill up these napkins with snot at the same time. Yeah. We, see, we came here to see people get saved and sick tonight. So, <coughs> Okay, so, uh, man, ministry. Go ahead and open up to, to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. That's where we're going to be at. I'm in Psalms chapter 8, so that's not going to work. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. Okay, so, so ministry is the, the single greatest endeavor that you can commit your life to. And, and, you know, people work hard their whole lives at a lot of things. Uh, and we have a lot of goals in life. And, and if we were honest, most of them have nothing to do with eternity. Uh, but, man, when we get to heaven and, and we're raptured out of here, and we finally meet our Savior face to face, we're not going to hear those words of, uh, well done, thy good and faithful husband. And we're not going to hear, well done, thy good and faithful engineer. And, and well done, thy good and faithful mother. Okay, the, the words that we strive for are, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So the, the thing that God is measuring and the thing that, that God is paying attention to is your ministry. He's paying attention to your, your service to him. And, and Satan knows that. And he knows both that ministry is the vehicle by which God has instituted the salvation of souls. And, and he also knows that ministry brings God glory. And, and also, you know, you, you, when you got saved, you were created uh, to bring God glory through ministry. I mean, that, that was your creation, was to bring him worship, to bring him praise, to bring people to him. So if, if you're not fulfilling that, if you're not doing ministry and you're not serving God, well, you're not, you're not fulfilling what God has created you to do. So, so you're not fulfilling your purpose and, and you're miserable. So, so not only does God want the souls of men, he wants the glory of God, but he wants your misery too. So it's, it's always that God is trying to, to put a hindrance to the ministry. That's, that's what he wants to do. He wants to render, render you useless in the ministry. And what we're going to see tonight is, is that Satan tries to render you useless in ministry in two different ways. And uh, one way is he wants you to get guilty about your past. He wants to get you focused on your past and to see that, you know, make you think like, man, I'm a screw up. I could never, I could never do anything for the Lord. And also he wants to get you unfaithful in your present. Okay, so he wants to, to use your past to get you unfaithful in your present. But what we need to understand is that God has forgiven your past. Bro, on the cross, God forgave everything. His, his blood covered your whole past. And, and he intends to use your past to excel you in ministry. Okay, so what Satan wants to do is keep you in your past to, to render you useless in ministry. But what God wants to do is to use your past to move you forward in ministry. And, and we'll explain that a little bit more uh, as we get into it. So, so the thesis or the, the key point I want everyone to get tonight is that God wants and has enabled you to be used in ministry. But in order to be an effective minister— you must forgive your past, prove your faithfulness, and tap into God's power. Okay? So that's what we're going to look at tonight. Uh, so if you're at 1 Timothy 1, uh, read along with me. It says this. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he hath counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly, in unbelief. Okay, so uh, 
Let, let's pray. We'll pray and then we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for your mercy. Thank you so much for your grace. Lord, thank you so much for the cross. I mean, I know I'm just like everyone else in this room and, and we're filthy, rotten sinners. And God, if, if you wouldn't have died for us, we would have never stood a chance to ever go to heaven. And Lord, we, we would have never stood a chance to, to fulfill our calling in ministry. Um, so Lord, I just pray uh, through your word today, um, God, that you would empower us. Man, you, you would enable us to do what you've called us to do in our life and, and just to be faithful in ministry. Uh, illuminate your word. Open up our eyes to behold wondrous things out of thy law. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so point number one is, is the ministry explained. And uh, we get this from verse two where he says he's counted me faithful when he, he's put me into the ministry. So the ministry is, is one of those words that is thrown, a lot, thrown around a lot in churches. Uh, but doesn't oftentimes get defined. It's just very broad. We just say the ministry a lot. So, so what exactly is, what exactly does Christ want us to do with the rest of our lives after we've been saved? You know, does he, does he want us to feed the homeless? Uh, does he want us to dig wells in Africa? Does he want us to help old ladies across the street? It's not a bad thing, helping old ladies. Does he want us to show up every Tuesday to the well? And, and let me say this, just, just because you show up to ministry doesn't mean that you are in or doing the ministry, okay? Just because you show up doesn't mean you're doing the ministry. But I mean, if, if the thing that we're striving for in our Christian lives is, is to serve the Lord and be in ministry, we should understand what God's asking us to do. And, and really, your ministry as a born-again Christian is two parts. So the first part is to the lost. Your ministry is to the lost. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17, uh, 17 through 20 says this, it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Praise the Lord. You're a new creature when you get saved. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. So we're given the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So God said, man, if, if you are saved, your first ministry to lost people is, is this thing called the ministry of reconciliation. And, and what you're trying to do, you know, it says that, that Christ uh, came to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, that which was lost was the, the relationship between human beings and God, okay? And that was lost in sin. So your job is to have this ministry of reconciliation. You need to go to people and say, listen, you're separated from God, and I love you with all my heart, and I want to see you get saved and, and be put together with the Lord to be reconciled to God. And the only way you can do that is believe the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So man, God, God has called us to be ambassadors to do that, like, what a privilege and what an honor. Like we, we have the, the keys of, of life and death on the tip of our tongue. You know, it says that you're given the word of reconciliation. That means it's a, a speaking ministry. And uh, y- you know, it's okay to have a, it's okay. It's right to have a nice, righteous, godly, holy life. It's cool. Like people need to see your, your behavior and your conversation and, and see that Christ is the real deal. But people don't get saved until you tell them the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ saves you. Like, you have to verbalize that. And, and Megan and I are trying to reach our friends right now, Kaylee and Chandler, and we need to bring them to a point of decision. 
where they, they understand, man, I have to get saved or I'm going to hell. And, and so far, we've just been their friends and we're hanging out with them and they've got cool questions and they see that we're different from the world. But Kaylee and Chandler aren't gonna get saved until we say, listen, bro, Christ died for you and you need to make a decision. So the, the, first, the first part of your ministry is to the lost. And, and it's the ministry of reconciliation. Um, so man, my, my question to you is, who are you doing that with? You know, whose soul are you begging God for? Uh, what lost person are you actively seeking to have a relationship with to see them get saved? Who are you inviting to the well? Who, who are you inviting to Ultimate Frisbee? Who are you opening a Bible with? Uh, a pastor in Kansas City, he always says, ministry is just an open Bible. Open a Bible with someone. Start talking to them. Because according to Scripture, if you're not doing that, you may be coming to ministry, but you're not in the ministry. You're not doing the ministry. So that's the first one. That's the first one is to the lost. Your second ministry is to the saved. So Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So God has gifted every person in this room individually, individually with, with spiritual gifts. Um, God has given me the gift of preaching. Like literally if I'm just talking to someone, like I just sound like an idiot and I'm stupid and I stutter a bunch and it's ridiculous. But somehow when I get behind a Bible, like I can teach the Bible. It's crazy. I didn't even graduate high school. <laughs> and like I get to teach. I think it's, God's just cool with his gifting abilities, you know. So, so man, God has given you that, the gift of um, the work of the ministry to edify the body of Christ. So your second ministry is to save people in your church. And your ministry here is to actively use the gifts that God's given you to edify and to build up your brothers and sisters in, in Christ. And uh, man, you know, the Bible says we need to be baptizing saved people. It says you need to be discipling one another. And it says you need to be serving one another. So like, I'm so grateful for like our worship team, bro. Like all week long, God's just doing great things in my life. And then I get to come here and because they serve the way they do, I get to worship and praise God for everything he did in my life. But I wouldn't have that ability unless the worship team was up here like serving us, like, like doing their ministry to the body. Uh, praise the Lord for them. So, so man, stick around and discover your gifts and get in where you fit in, in the church. And man, if you're still discovering your gifts and finding your place in the local church, uh, let me just encourage you with this verse. This is Ephesians 4, 29. And it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So man, if you're, if you're new and you're still getting plugged into the church, listen, edify your brothers and sisters by, by just your speech. Just go to them and say, man, I, I love you, bro. I see what you're doing for the Lord. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Like, that's encouraging, bro. Like, Megan tells me that stuff all the time. She's like, I don't know, she's just like my, my biggest fan, and that's just cool. Like, that just encourages me. So do that. Edify your brothers and sisters with, with your words. And, um, Hopefully I offend a bunch of people with this. That would be cool. But I'm so, listen, I'm so tired of Christians, and I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a part of it. I'm so tired of Christians talking trash about each other behind one another's backs. Like, that's not biblical, and that's not okay. And, and God doesn't take that lightly. Like, okay, so we're the bride of Christ, right? Like, we're Christ's bride. So, so think about this. I already asked Taylor if I can say this. Um, like, what, what if I went up to Cody and I said, man, I, I like Taylor, bro, but she just doesn't shut up. <laughs> she just talks and talks and talks, and I just can't stand her, dude. And it's like, it, as a husband, he's offended by that. You know, and it's like, 
Oakley, I, I love Ash, but she's just so annoying, bro. Like, I just can't stand being around her. It's like, man, how much of, like, of an, an offense is that to the husband? But we do that to Christ all the time. And we just offend his bride and say, man, you know, I love the church, but pff, I just can't stand these people. It's like, man, the, the Lord is not okay with that. So talk edification about one another or don't say anything at all. Keep it to yourself. Be, because the Bible says that, that God hates the person, the, the individual person, who sows discord among the brethren. And it's in a roundabout way. Like We wouldn't say that. Like I'm trying to cause division with the brethren. But when you're talking trash about your family behind their back, like if Cody's like, man, I just don't like this person. Every time I see that person, I'm going to think about what Cody said. You know what I'm saying? And that's going to like skew my view of that person and cause division. So man, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Speak edification or don't say anything at all. So Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, these, these six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh, li- speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. So man, God, God hates the person that sows discord. Okay, so that, that's the two ministries, to the lost and to the saved. So I just wanted to simplify it. And, and Matthew, this is ministry simplified. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So ministry simplified is this. This is what you need to do. This is real ministry. Preach the gospel. That's teach all nations. Baptize saved dudes. Okay, that's, that's baptize them. And then disciple the faithful. Teach them to observe all things. Serve your body. Okay, so I, I just felt like it was needful to explain what ministry actually is. So it's not, it's not, you're not in the ministry if you're just coming to the ministry. We need to get busy winning people to the Lord and serving the body. That's what ministry is. Okay, so now let's talk about ministry enabled. Ministry enabled. And we get this from, from 12 and 13 where he says that, that God has counted him faithful, putting him into the ministry, enabled him for the ministry. And then he talks about his past. So, so what enabled Paul to be so effective in ministry? First he talks about being counted faithful. And then he starts talking about um, his past and who he used to be. So the, the first thing that I want to talk about is, is having a proper perspective of your past. This will enable you for effective ministry. A proper perspective of your past. And Paul talks about being a blasphemer, a persecutor, injurious. But it says he obtained mercy. So, so besides the word of God, your, your past should be the most effective tool in your ministry. Okay? Besides the word of God, your past should be the most effective tool in your ministry. God's intention is to use your past to put God's grace and God's glory on display to other people. Okay? That, that's the intention. And it's to relate to other people. Like I, okay, I got to go to the uh, jail this week. Never been so geeked to be in the jail my entire life. Bro, I, I was so happy to be there. Like, it was just a, a blessing. And I know we're there for those men's souls, and I know we're there for the glory of God. But in my heart, like, I was just praising the Lord because, bro, seven years ago, I was in the jail. Like, I was on the other side. Like, I was in the cell. 
And now God had changed my life so much that I could go back into the jail and tell these people about the love of Christ. So, so God has used my, all the greatest opportunities I've had in ministry are because of my past. So, so Satan wants to keep you in your past and keep you guilty. But God wants to use your past to relate to people and show people that God can change you. That's what God wants you to do. So, so allow the Lord to work through your past, not Satan to keep you in it. So, yeah, that wasn't in the notes. God's intention was to use your past to relate to people and put on display the grace and glory of God. But rather, we allow Satan to use our past to cripple us and to make us feel guilty and feel like losers and render us ineffective in the ministry. Um, well, I, well, I hate to break it to you, but you are a loser, bro. Like, that's what makes you qualified for the ministry. <laughs> if you thought you could do it by yourself, God wouldn't use you. So, so man, it's cool. Like, you are a loser, and, and God's great. And, and your perspective shouldn't be, man, I've done so many terrible things in my past. God can never use me. The, the right perspective to have is, I've done so many terrible things in my past. God can use anyone. That's the right perspective. And, and you know, Paul may have been a, a murderer. He may have been a blasphemer. He may have persecuted the church. And, and I know all the grimy, nasty, unspeakable, closed-door, bullcrap sin that you've done in your life because I've done it in my life too. But we have to remember Romans 5.20 says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Like God has given grace. And he, and he has wiped your past uh, clean, bro, and he's given you a new slate to minister. And Psalms 103, 8 through 12 says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Praise the Lord. If he rewarded us according to that, I'd be in hell. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so, is, uh, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. God's removed all that stuff, bro. And, and as soon as you give your life over to the Lord and believe him for salvation, God wipes away all of your past immediately. So, so listen, why, why are you still holding on to your past? God already forgave it on the cross and he shed his blood for you. Th- do you think you're bigger than God? Like, are you going to hold on to your past longer than God has? Like, talk, talk about real blasphemy. Do you think you're, like, bigger than God? Like, his blood wasn't enough to take care of your past? Don't hold on to that stuff. God already takes it away. And, and you know what? Um, this is good for me to hear. Your past includes yesterday, too. You know? Like, God forgave everything before you were saved. But your past includes, like, yesterday, like 24 hours ago. So, so uh, everyone open up to Lamentations 3. It's not on here. I just thought of this. Everyone uh, open up to lamination, Laminations. L- <laughs> Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. I like this verse because I'm a loser. Lamination, laminations. Lamentations, bro. Lamentations. 3, 22 through 23. All right, uh, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. (coughs) Okay, this is what it says. 
It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So God's mercies are new every morning. So if, if, you, if you sinned against, I'm not condoning sin, bro. Obviously sin's terrible and it wrecks lives and it's an awful thing. But if you sinned against the Lord yesterday and you asked for forgiveness, God's given you a new day today. So, so why, why give it, you're, you're, you already let Satan win once, bro. You're gonna let him win for the next two months? You're gonna be guilty and not serve the Lord for two months because you're wallowing in your sin? If you sinned yesterday, bro, 1 John 1, 9 says, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, bro, if you confess it to him. Let it go, bro, and, and keep on moving and serve the Lord. If you gave Satan yesterday, don't give him the next three months. Philippians 3.13 says this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. And it says, I press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forget those things which are behind. Reach forth to those things which are before. Life is too short and the souls of men are too important to stay stuck in your past. Agree with God that you're forgiven and move on with the ministry. Because, because if you stay in the past, you're allowing Satan to, to hinder you from the ministry. And Christ is trying to use your past to excel you in ministry. And like I said, your, your past should be the second greatest tool uh, in ministry. So that's 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. Said, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comfort us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. So man, if God has comforted you in your life, in your past, in your mistakes, God wants to use you to comfort other people. So your sinful past doesn't disqualify you from ministry. It enables you. And, and I, I just want to speak to the people in the room that don't have uh, such a rough past. Okay, I, I assume everyone in here is not a convicted felon like I am. Um, you need a proper perspective on your past too. Because growing up in a Christian home with Christian parents and going to a good Christian uh, church is just as much the grace of God as God delivering me from drugs. I mean, seriously, that's just as much the grace of God. And you had to, had to decide for yourself that you were gonna follow Christ in your life. That was an individual decision. Like your, your faith had to become your own. So you have a testimony too. And, and don't think that you can't go out and share your testimony and win people to the Lord because you haven't had a, a crazy past. Um, so if you're a goody two-shoes, uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Go make connections with other goody two-shoes and win them to the Lord. Like, actually, that's a harder ministry than the ministry I have. The people I minister to know that they're broken. They know they need the Lord. Uh, goody people, that's, that's the hard ministry, brother. And if you have a rough past, don't, don't let your mistakes hinder you from the mission. Go out and win those people. Don't let guilt get the best of you. God wants to use use you to use your past to excel you in effective ministry. And, and what a proper perspective of, your, of the past did for Paul is it kept him humble. So, so, you know, we were just talking about, Corey and I were just talking about this. Our whole group was. And like last month was like pride month for like gay people, right? And <clears throat> sometimes that can be like hard to see people that don't want to follow the, the word of the Lord. Then it can be like, man, I wish they would just get it right. And you can be frustrated and you can be mad. But you got to remember, bro, what did God deliver you out of? Right. You know, like, the only difference between you and them is you got Christ. So why wouldn't you want to go and, get, and give them Christ? Like, the reason why Paul was so effective in ministry is because he knew who he used to be. 
He knew that his life was a wreck and that God was the only one that changed him. So man, we should go out, want to go out and change other people. We should want, we should want other people to, to get saved, man. 1 Timothy 1.15 says that, that Paul was the, the, the chief of sin, sinners. It says, of whom I am chief. So man, having a pro- proper perspective of your past will keep you humble. Paul, Paul knew where he came from and that helped him in ministry. Um, okay, let's, let's look at letter B too. What else enables you for the ministry? A faithful practice in your present. It says that, that, he, that God counted Paul faithful, putting him into the ministry. And I think faithful is another word that, that we throw al- around a lot in church, and we really don't have a clear biblical understanding of what it is. So we always use that discipleship verse, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, um, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And I think the way that we use faithful in church all the time is, man, is, is this person faithful? Which means, like, are they coming to church on Sunday and are they coming to church on Tuesday? Um, but that's not all that, that faithful means in the Bible, is showing up to church. There's more to it than that. Um, and biblically, if you're going to be effective in ministry, uh, there's some marks of a faithful man. This is, this is what God says a faithful man looks like. Um, so, so marks of a faithful man. The first one is that a faithful man fears God. So if you want to be effective in ministry, you need to fear God. Nehemiah 7.2 says that I gave my, that I gave my brother Hanai and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem. For he was a faithful man and feared God above many. Okay, so what does it mean to, to fear God? Uh, Proverbs 8.13 says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil and pride and arrogancy in the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. So man, if, if you're going to be a faithful man and you're going to fear God, that means you love what God loves and you hate what God hates. Okay? And, and I know this is a weird thing, but Christians should be the most hateful people in the world. We should hate sin with all of our heart. Like, like sin is what destroyed my life and continues to destroy my life if I get into it. So man, we should hate sin. That, that's what the, the fear of God is. That's what makes a faithful man. The second one is to keep your word. Keep your word. This is the marks of a faithful man. Hebrews 11.11 11 says, Through faith also, Sarah received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So a characteristic of God is that he's faithful. What he says he's going to do, he does it. Praise the Lord. And he says, man, if you're going to be faithful, what you say you're going to do, you need to do it. That, that's the, the point of consistency. And that's where we get, you know, you're faithful if you come to church on Sunday and Tuesday. Because you're consistent. You, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Number three, the mark of a, a faithful man is that you speak to God. Numbers 12, 7 through 8 says, My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. And with him will I speak mouth to mouth even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall be withhold. Wherefore then, uh, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So Moses was called faithful in all of his house, and then he spoke to God mouth to mouth, or or face to face. So man, if if you're going to be a faithful minister, (coughs) you know, it doesn't matter how far you get in your Christian walk. The most important thing that you can do is just getting in the Bible every single day. I mean, it's what empowers you to stay holy. It's what empowers you to walk in the Spirit. It's what empowers you for, for open doors and ministry. It's, it's everything, bro. So I need to get 
my life depends on it, bro. I need to get in this book every single morning, or I need to get in this book every single night. And most days it's both. <laughs> and, and, you know, Brett Bartlett says, uh, sin will keep you from this book, or this book will keep you from sin. And, and that's the truth. And when I'm plugged into the Word of God, I'm effective in ministry, and I'm enabled. When I'm speaking to the Lord face-to-face, things are going great. But man, when I get off track and I just miss one day, two days, three days, well, my mind's in a place that it should never be. And I'm not even worried about spiritual things. I'm worried about stinking making money and being stupid and just, God, just ungodly worldly stuff. We got to stay in the book. Okay, so being faithful in your present w- will produce fruit. So John 15, 4 through 5 says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abideth in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I am him, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You've got to stay plugged into the vine. So you know at the beginning of this verse, Paul opens up by saying that, that he thanks God for being put into the ministry. And this was after he'd been beaten, after he'd been killed, after he'd been stabbed in the back, betrayed, everything. And God, and Paul still says, man, I thank the Lord that I'm in the ministry. Man, that's interesting, bro. When I talk about the ministry, or I hear people talking about the ministry, more often times than not, they're complaining. <laughs> they're not rejoicing. Man, we need to rejoice. What a privilege it is to be in the ministry. What, what a privilege it is to serve God, to, to win people to the Lord and make disciples and, and serve our body. It's a great privilege. So man, are, are you in the ministry or are you just showing up to ministry? Are you actively seeking lost people in your life? Are you looking for, for somewhere to serve in the church? Can you forgive your past for the glory of God? Are you being faithful and bearing fruit? And, and are you grateful? Are you thankful to be in the ministry? Those are all marks of a, a, a faithful minister. And, and Paul was enabled because he forgot his past and he moved forward to what was important. Life is too short not to be thinking about the souls of men and the judgment seat of Christ and the glory of God and the praise of the Lord. Like, Man, how da- man, Kaylee and Chandler, bro, how, how dare I not give my whole life to see those people in heaven? You know, I, I want to see those people saved. But in order to do that, man, I, I got to stay plugged into the vine. I got to stay faithful. So I'll pray, and then uh, we'll, Corey will come up, and then we'll break up into groups. Uh, Lord, we love you so much, and we're thankful for your mercy. We're, we're thankful for your grace. Uh, thank you for your book. Thank, f- thank you for putting us into the ministry. Uh, seriously, there's, there's no greater endeavor to throw our life at than the ministry, and we'll be miserable until we, till we start doing it, until we start serving you. Um, thank you, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy of all of our time. Um, let us let go of our past, God, and, and let us move forward uh, with the future of serving you. Uh, we love you, Lord. We thank you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.